the battle has already begun, amen, without worship. My, uh, this morning, one of my prayers, uh, I think was uh, kind of answered even just in that worship time. Uh, one of my concerns this morning was talking about spiritual warfare, and we'll get to dabble in uh, talking about the demonic a little bit this morning as well. And and my my prayer this morning, I found is uh, I felt like the Spirit was just prompting me to pray, and we did it in worship. But that that we um, that we would let go of our preconceived notions and open up our hearts and our lives to hear what God has for us in this. Um, spiritual realities, because they're not concrete, uh, we can sometimes uh, see them as kind of loosey-goosey. <laughs> and, and then also because we, we, have, we have, there's so many different perspectives that can be brought into that. And, and uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. God is good, man. Amazing. Do you feel it? I don't know. Do you feel the spirit coming? Uh, if you if you don't, please continue to seek it and ask him to reveal it. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. James 1:13 to 15. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. This prayer, first and foremost, is a cry for God to help us to not be led into the temptations of our flesh. 2 Peter 4.18. Excuse me, I'm sorry. 2 Timothy 4.18, sorry. <laughs> the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The second aspect of this verse is that he would protect us, not just from evil, but from the evil one. It's interesting in the Lord's Prayer that we get three essential elements of what we need to survive, I think, to live in our world. First, the recognition that we need our daily provision from God, that he would provide for us, that he would care for us, that he would meet our physical and even spiritual needs, we, that, that, that he would answer our prayers, that he would know what we need, he'd know what we want, and he would be able to step in and to care for those. But, but then it goes on and says that we also have this daily need for forgiveness, we need to repent. In order to make it through, in order to continue to live our life for Christ, we need this daily reminder that not just that we are sinners, but that we are forgiven. And then today, 
the final statement in this prayer of recognizing that our battle is not against flesh and blood. We receive instructions here to pray for our protection. And I think the key point is that if we have to pray for daily protection, that means that we are daily in danger. Certainly our eternity is secure and we should never lose, you know, lose that grasp of that reality, right? The battles that are waged for the Christian in this life are not battles for our eternal security. That is, that's, that's there. That's, it can't be revoked. We are in the hand of God and no one can pluck us out of him. But the world that we live in is not safe. The world we live in is constantly a dangerous place for us. And every day we need to wake up and the first thing we need to do is ask for our daily bread, forgive, uh, ask for forgiveness and forgive and say, Lord, help us. Empower us, protect us, rescue us from evil. The question that has to be asked at the beginning of this message is do you know that you are in a battle? American Christianity is, uh, we're, we're, we, are, we are experts at living like with blind eyes. We just, we just want, you know, to have, you know, Christianity is about just having a nice, comfortable life, right? It's almost like Christianity is similar to like retirement, right? You know, this concept of retirement. That, oh, I don't have to work anymore. I just get to sit around. It's great. Oh my gosh. Just blessing after blessing, right? That, that's a Christian life. I'm sorry, but that's not the Christian life. And that isn't retirement for the Christian either. We are experts, at numbing ourselves to the spiritual battle around us. Do we know that we're in a battle? And it's a battle that is a fight for souls. Luke chapter 4, 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord, Jesus says, is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind. Do you get this? To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Do you realize there are oppressed people all around us? Do you realize that you are oppressed? Do you recognize that you're in a battle? Jesus says, this is what the battle is about. This is what he came for, but it's not just what he came for. It's what he gave us to do. It's a fight for life to receive not just, you know, it's not just a separation from physical death. It's about a, an eternal life. It's separation from eternal death that we are fighting for. It's a fight against the, the lies of Satan, the great deceiver. It's a fight for truth that we and those around us would live in reality. What is true? with our tendency to ignore the battle. There's no motivation to set 
the captives free. There's no compassion for the poor, the hungry, the lost. And there's no resistance within to sin or to the oppression that Satan wants to put on us. But we must engage in this battle. My hope this morning is that we will wake up, those of us who are asleep, that we'll wake up to this reality, to stop denying the battle that we're in and engage in it. To care. To be on mission with what Jesus is on mission for. I love Acts 26 as, as, as Paul uh, recounts the call upon him, which is almost exactly like Luke 4. Here it is. To open their eyes is what Jesus is calling Paul to, so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And Jesus is speaking, by the way. Not Paul. Do you know that you're in a battle? Do you understand what the battle is about? It's a battle for souls. It's a battle to to fight against death. It's a battle against the lies to bring in truth and to bring in life, life eternal. To set people free. It is unbelievable to me, and, and I've experienced it myself, and I've lived it myself. And it's unbelievable how many Christians today are still living in bondage. Christians were meant to be free. Jesus has set us free. Yet we continue to live in bondage because we don't recognize that we're in a fight. That the battle is still raging. We also need to know not just that we're in a battle, but we need to know what the battleground is. Again, as we've read in Ephesians chapter 6, we'll read it again, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Our battle is not physical, it's spiritual. We as Christians so often, and it's understandable, it's not, I mean, understand, I mean, this makes sense, right? We grow up in a physical world, and our whole lives we learn how to use our physical senses to understand the world that's around us, in order to interpret what's happening, in order to engage in, in order to respond to it. And then we become a Christian, and all of a sudden we're introduced to the spiritual world. But we sometimes can get stuck trying to interpret the spiritual world with physical senses, which give us all of the wrong stimuli and, and make it feel like in order to impact the spiritual world, I need to do things in the physical world. It's the exact opposite. When we become, when we are introduced to the spiritual world, that moment we bow our knee to Jesus as Lord and the Holy Spirit comes in and makes us a new creation, we now start to do our war and our battle in the spiritual world because we know that it is in the spiritual world that comes and impacts the physical world. 
So do we know where the battle is? Do we know where the battleground is? It's spiritual, not physical. And too often, we seek victory in the physical world. We try to create like, you know, this victory in the physical world over sin in our own personal lives with behavior management, self-control. Like if I can just, you know, make it so that I look really good on the outside, well, then I am good. But shoot, we're, we're, in, we're, we're currently in a passage in Matthew chapter 6, which is part of the Sermon on the Mount, and where in chapter 5, Jesus over and over again says, you've heard that it was said, it's all about the physical world. But let me tell you, it's actually about what's going on in the spiritual world that impacts the physical. So murder is not just the physical act, it's hatred in our hearts. Lust is not, adultery is not just the physical acts of sex, but it is what's going on in our hearts. It's the lust in our hearts. So we see that it's a spiritual battle that we're fighting. But also I think it's important in regards to this battleground to recognize that we are fighting on two fronts. Of course, we're fighting against the evil one. We've seen that in Already in 1 Peter that we read earlier, that we have this devil who is prowling around looking for someone to devour, right? So, so we've already seen this reality. We know there's an evil one that we're fighting against, but sometimes we can not recognize that there's a second front in this battle. And the front is revealed by Paul in Romans chapter 7, verses 21 to 24. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am who will deliver me from this body of death. Sinful nature is the second front where we fight this battle. It's not just the entity of Satan, of evil, of uh, the evil one. It is also an internal battle that we are having with our own sinful nature, desire to, 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 to rebel against God's will. It's our sinful nature that is constantly seeking control, to have the power, to be able to make the decisions, to allow us or to f encourage us to, to, uh, to go along with our cravings. And we tend to ignore either one or the other. Sometimes we ignore sinful nature and we think, oh, you know, I'm all perfect. I'm all good. And they won't have to worry about me. I'm, I got everything figured out. No, 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 no. There is a battle that is waging inside you. Do you recognize it? Do you see it? Do you know it? If you don't, it doesn't mean it's not there. <laughs> right? Matter of fact, you're probably so fully, fully deceived that you don't even recognize your sin. But we sometimes can ignore the evil one as well. Matter of fact, he's kind of scary. We don't like messing with him. We don't like talking about him. Many churches would avoid a message on the demonic. Many churches would avoid talking directly about Satan other, as, uh, other than just some kind of like spiritual force. But he's not just a spiritual force. He's an entity. He's a person. He's an individual, and he has a will, a will to destroy, which is the next piece. We need to know who our enemy is. 
He's the father of lies, John 8, 44. You are, as Jesus says, you are of your father, the devil. He's talking to Pharisees. And your will is to do your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. (laughs) When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. He speaks his native tongue for he is a liar and the father of lies. We need to know our enemy, that he is a liar, a liar. He's a liar too. Uh, Anyway, he's a liar, right? And that he always has these subtle deceptions that he's always working into our life. Speaking lies into our life, trying to get us to convince us to believe these lies. He is, understand this, like this liar, again, from the beginning, so at least for some thousand, five thousand, six thousand years ago, right? This guy has been lying. So do you think that maybe he's honed his lying skills a bit? Right? We, we don't look at him as just a child. Like, he's just a baby. He's not going to, oh, you can't get me. No, no, no. He knows human beings really well. And he knows oftentimes us better than we know ourselves. And he knows the little lies that he can slip in behind our defenses. He knows how he can trip us up. He knows how he can just say it in just the right tone. You, you think it was, a, it was, a, it was just a, a luck of the draw that when he was speaking to Eve that he somehow found a lie that worked? No, no, no. Satan is the great deceiver. He knows. John 10, 10, he's also one who kills, comes to destroy. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That is his purpose. His desire, his goal is to destroy and kill as many as he can. To deceive in order to get people to follow him and then to take them into an eternity away from God. An eternity away from goodness. An eternity away from love. I love the way Revelations 12, 9 describes him. And the great dragon was thrown down. That ancient serpent. Who is called the devil and Satan. The deceiver of the world. He has thrown down. He, has, he was thrown down to earth and his angels were thrown down with him. We have an enemy who lurks, loves to lurk in the shadows. He loves to be out of the limelight. He loves to be out behind so that nobody kind of notices him, especially in America. In America, like, you know, we we don't see like the, the often, we don't very often see the bold manifestations of the demonic in America because an American mindset still struggles to see that as anything good right? So what he does in America is he likes to be behind everything. He doesn't want anybody to know him. Oh, I'm just, no, I'm not here. I'm just a little snake hanging out in the corner. No big deal. Don't worry about me, right? And this is the reality. I've I've preached on this before about sin, right? This is why we need to confess our sin. Speak it out because sin has power in darkness. But if we will speak it out, if we will confess our sins one to another, then it comes to the light and the light is able to shine and see the serpent and we can take the serpent out. We can get rid of him. We can destroy him. We can be free of him. Amen. The amazing thing is that we tend as Christians to live in fear of our evil one. I love the songs we sang today. Because it's like, no, we are not afraid 
And why are we not afraid? Because we are, we know the victor. We know the victory, the one who's won. We know Jesus. We are with him. He has the power. But so often we live our lives in fear. We live our lives as victims. Oh, there's nothing I can do. He's just, he's totally got me trapped. This sin has just totally overwhelmed me. I just, there's nothing I can do. I can't fight it. I can't get away from it. There's nothing they can do. They just got an oppressive demon on them. And there's nothing we can do. I mean, we prayed and it just hasn't come out. So we live this life as victims. Thinking that somehow we don't have the power to defeat Satan. We don't in ourselves, but God has given us. Jesus gives us the power. We'll get there in a minute. But we spend too much time of our lives as Christians living as victims Walking around, we're the ones in the shadows hoping that maybe Satan won't see us. I spent many years afraid of the demonic. Like, go, Lord, please don't let me ever have to deal with that. Like, I know I'm a pastor, but no, 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 don't want that. I don't want people speaking weird things and doing weird things. I don't want that. Don't send me to Africa. Don't send me as a missionary because that's where that stuff happens a lot and America's much cleaner here. <laughs> right? Are you there? Like, I've, I've been there. Thankfully, the Lord has been bringing me out of that. Are you there? Are you afraid? Like, you know, I'll do a lot of things for you, Jesus, but man, demonic, I don't want to have, that's like, because we're afraid. We're afraid of the demonic. We're afraid that demons can overpower us. Now, it's not that demons don't have power. Don't get me wrong. We, 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 would, we would be wrong to uh, underestimate them. But we don't have to fear. Why don't we have to fear? You guys know the answer. We've been singing it all morning because Jesus won. Jesus won the victory. We have victory in him. We get to enjoy the victory with him. As those who who know and love Jesus, those who have surrendered our life to him, we get what he's got. And he gives us truth. Matthew 4, 4, see how Jesus deals with Satan. Matthew 4, 4, but he answered Jesus to Satan. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. How do we deal with Satan and his lies? We speak truth. We speak God's word. Do we know God's word? Do we know it? Some of us are afraid of the battle because we are afraid that we don't know God's word. We don't know God's truth. Here, two things. One, yes, if you don't know God's word, seek it out. Come to know it. But two, it's not up to you knowing God's word. It's up to the Holy Spirit giving you his word in the moment. We should do all we can to understand God's word as best we can. That he may recall it in the moment. When Satan comes a-calling. But even if we haven't, even the brand new Christian who's just recently cracked open God's word, the Holy Spirit can give him utterance in the moment. To speak the truth over the lie that Satan is whispering in their ear or shouting from a mountaintop. 
And Jesus gives us his light. It's a light to shine in the darkness, right? We are a people who, who are walking in darkness, but we have seen a great light, and that great light is Jesus. And the moment we bow our knee to him as Lord, that light then comes and dwells within us. And we do not have to fear the dark corners of this world because we bring light with us everywhere we go. And he gives us power. 2 Timothy 1.7 of course, we know this one. Some of us memorized it. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Here's the deal. <laughs> Satan and sin have done a great amount of damage in our world. Some of us personally have experienced that damage in our own hearts, in our own minds, in our own lives. There's been a lot of damage that's been done in relationships. I mean, over the last couple of years, the divisions that are happening in our country, right? In the church and outside the church, everywhere. Satan is having his way, it appears. But here's the deal. Those of us who are in the kingdom of God are here to expand the kingdom of God. And when the kingdom of God comes, it comes with healing. It takes back the ground that was lost to Satan and to sin. It takes back that ground. It redeems that ground. And it makes it a holy once again. We have the power of God, power of Jesus that is in us. So we don't have to fear. But also we can bring healing to the world. We don't have to say, oh, I'm sorry you're in this horrible state. There's nothing we can do. No, no, no. Jesus said that we would do greater things than he did. I've got that passage, John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. We see that in the disciples, in Acts, right, over and over again. I, I think it's in Acts chapter 16. I almost included it, but I cut it at the last minute. I probably should have left it. Anyway, Acts 16, I think it is where Paul is, they talk about how they were taking handkerchiefs that were in Paul's pocket, and they were taking them to heal people, like people that were sick, like, oh, here's this handkerchief from Paul, right? And then they got healed. That's not Paul, okay? That is the power of Jesus that is in his disciples, in his people, in his children. Do you recognize that you have his power? Again, this goes back to asking and receiving. There's too many of us that are afraid to ask for healing. We're afraid. I don't want to ask for healing because what if it doesn't come? No, no, no. You have the power of Jesus in you. Amen. We stand up boldly against the evil things, the broken things in our world, and we pray boldly. Yes, Lord, bring healing. And if it comes, praise the Lord. If it doesn't come, we keep praying. That his will would be done, not ours. And he gives us authority. He gives us authority. To drive out demons. Again, we're afraid of the demonic too often. I've been there. The Lord is encouraging me. Demons are real. Satan is real. Oppression is real. There's no doubt. We see it in scripture all over the place. And I'm sure many of us in this room, I know some of us in this room, have experienced very real demonic experiences. The Lord gave me one about a year ago. I won't go into it. But anyway, that's part of his working in me and say, hey, hello, there's demonic. You need to not be afraid. 
but he gives us authority. Charlotte, could you go back to Luke chapter four? First or second, I think it was one of the early ones. There you go. What did Jesus come to do? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. Are we freeing people from their captivity? Captivity to sin or captivity to the demonic? We have a tendency to seek physical cures for spiritual maladies. I'm struggling with thoughts, you know, they come to my mind and they just make me feel really bad and all this kind of stuff. So what do I do? Oh, I just, I need to, I need to figure out how I can start thinking about more positive things. I need to grab those thoughts and take them captive. That's a scripture idea. And then I just need to make sure that, you know, I think about good things, physical cures to spiritual maladies. And I'm sure there's some in this room that have tried that over and over and over again. And yet those Condemning words keep speaking in your mind over and over and over and over again. I'm going to share a few things about oppression here, and I don't want to dive too deep in this, and some of you are going to go, oh, come on, go deeper. Others are going to go, oh, that's enough, that's enough. Okay, stop. Um, I get it. But I, but I also want to mention a book um, by a guy named Rob Reimer, who actually is an Alliance guy. Uh, it's called Soul Care. And in this book, most of the book is actually just about, you know, spiritual kind of development, soul development, those kind of things. But in the end of the book, he deals with deliverance. And I heard this guy speak one time, and it was the best I have ever heard um, in regards to deliverance and just an appropriate uh, perspective of it. Because so often, deliverance is really dramatized. Uh, and so you watch movies, especially if you see Hollywood, and it's like if there's any kind of, you know, exorcism happening, you know, there's just, I mean, it's just really dramatic, right? And this guy it was, he talked about it so undramatically. I mean, it was like almost boring. Like he's like, eh, yeah, it's not a big deal. You know, you kind of do this, kind of do that. Anyway, I just loved, anyway, it's really good. So some of the stuff I'm going to share is from that book in that last chapter about deliverance. So Oppression from a demon can come through sins, usually comes through sins that we've committed or others have committed against us. And so it can be sexual sins. Uh, it can be abuses of all kinds. It can be addictions. It can be violence. And of course, witchcraft and occult activity. If you've had those things in your life, and you are struggling with some kind of internal, you know, kind of mental maybe, or just physical realities that are really causing you a lot of pain and struggle, then you may be being harassed by a demon. Some of the symptoms that he lays out in his book of oppression, I'm just going to list these just to, and the reason I'm doing this, because I don't want to, I, I want us to think about it. I, I think we in America, we, I think we ignore it too often. 
And I think we need to recognize that this is a reality in our world. It's not just in third world countries or places where there's, you know, a lot of witchcraft or whatever. It's here too. We just don't see it. We don't, we don't recognize it. We don't, you know, diagnose it correctly. So symptoms of oppression. So again, if you've experienced those types of sins that I just listed, that's you, you, there, there may be some, some concern there. But second, symptoms. If you're experiencing these things, then you also may, not definitely, but may. So again, we're not, this is not black and white. This is you know, gray. Uh, if you're hearing voices or thoughts that are not your own, they just keep coming. You know, I was talking about the, the words of criticism or shame. That's another thing. Blasphemous thoughts. So you're a Christian and you are praying. And then all of a sudden these blasphemous thoughts just come into your brain or your worship. And you're here and you're lifting your hands in worship. And you can't get these, these, these blasphemous thoughts out of your mind. Condemning thoughts again. The, uh, thoughts of belittling and shame and judging. And you just can't get them out. They just keep coming back. And you've tried to control that. But it's just, just still there. Constant. Or suicidal thoughts when you're not depressed. You know, we, we can be suicidal when we're depressed, right? When things are going really hard, difficult in our life, we can get, that's, that's can be a natural thing. It may not be demonic. But if you're not depressed, if you're, you know, in a good spot and all of a sudden you have these suicidal thoughts that come, that may be a demon harassing you. A tendency towards self-harm. Jesus outlines, uh, or we see in, in scripture, Jesus dealing with this one uh, uh, demoniac that, that, that cuts himself. And we see a lot of people doing that these days in America. Not saying it's definitely a demon, but I'm just saying maybe, might be. Tendency to be, uh, uh, to, to, to have a really bad temper, to, to be launched into rage. If you have feelings of being tormented spiritually or psychologically or even physically. You okay? We freaking everybody out? <laughs> everybody in the room is going, I've got a demon! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so let me close this with, with this because I, th- I think this is so important. We do not have to fear demons. Whether they're messing with us or not, we don't have to fear them. Okay? And Jesus knows. Okay? So the reality is, like, sometimes we can have a demon that's harassing us for years and years and years and not have any clue. And then all of a sudden, Jesus allows us to recognize it's there. When Jesus lets us recognize, that's his sign to us to say, hey, it's time to deal with this. Okay? So we don't have to worry, like, oh my gosh, this, this demon is just ruining my whole life all the time. I don't even know where he is. I got to look up. I got to find him. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, it's okay. Trust Jesus. When it's time to deal with a demon that's, that's harassing you, he will reveal it. And when he reveals it, that's when you step in with faith. Not afraid, but with faith. And you oftentimes want to bring a brother or sister with you in Christ to help pray with you and work through that, okay? So don't, we, we don't need to fear this stuff. And that's what I loved about uh, Rob Reimer is he does not fear the demonic. So it, and he's had some um, crazy experiences. And he just, it's like, yeah, oh, oh, and this happened. Oh, okay, well, 
demon, stop it in the name of Jesus, right? I mean, just kind of move on, right? You just, it, it, this, doesn't, this isn't a big deal. It's a big deal, but it's not a big deal, right? We, we don't have to fear Satan. We don't have to fear the demonic. Do you want freedom? We're in a battle. Do you recognize it? Do you recognize that the, 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 stop, if you've been on the sideline, get off the sideline. If you're waking up and you just like your little kind of, you know, numbed world where you don't have to pay attention to, you know, any kind of spiritual, ah, I'm just living, living life, it's great. Stop it. You are a child of God and you are part of God's army. But again, it's not our power. It's not our will. It's not our ability. We don't just jump out and just go do whatever. We do what, the, what Jesus leads us to. We pay attention. We say, all right, Lord, show me where the battle is today. Show me where I need to step in today. What, what do you have for me? In the, and maybe it's going to be something against our sinful nature. Maybe it's going to be something that we've got to deal with internally. Maybe it's going to be something in somebody else's life. Maybe someone you know, else is struggling with oppression, and we need to step in and begin to pray with courage and with boldness and with faith. Do we realize that the spiritual battle is here and that it's a spiritual battle, not a physical battle? And that rage is not just outside of us, but inside of us. Do we know the enemy? But more importantly, do we know the truth? Do you know his strengths and weaknesses? But do you know that you're on the side of victory? You see, these little battles are for souls. We're striving to save the individuals around us. We're striving to restore and to redeem the lost ground. But again, our eternal security is always secure. All right, worship team, come on up. Today, church is potentially a day of freedom for you. In the last few weeks, I've been praising the Lord at how he has, the Spirit has prompted people to come and to receive prayer from our prayer team. I trust that those prayers uh, have been answered. I, pray, I, I trust that, that God is working in those times. And so I boldly call you up again today. to come up and seek freedom. Seek an awareness of the battle, but to seek freedom from sin and the internal sinful nature that continues to rage against us. To come up and say, I'm struggling with this. Would you pray with me? To, to receive freedom from Satan's attacks from without. His whispering in our hearts and our minds. These condemning thoughts, condemning words or to seek freedom maybe even from a demon that's just messing with you I'll tell you right now uh, I don't think any in the a prayer team is ready to drive out a demon today um, honestly I don't know that I am but would we have a courage to say alright God we trust you I'm not afraid I've got Jesus with me I've got his Holy Spirit so if you feel like there's something going on demonically in you, I, I want to give you the courage and encourage you to come up. Seek prayer. Let's pray for you. Let's see what happens. Today, it's a day of freedom. Every day is a day of freedom for us. Jesus came to set the captives free. Let's 
live lives of freedom. Amen. Oh, Jesus, we need you. Lord, we need to get free ourselves. Lord, we want that. Help us to want that. Lord, help us to be aware of where we are still chained to sin, chained and, and, and oppressed maybe by Satan, but also chained to an, a, a, a broken body or a broken world or a broken family. Lord, help us to get free. And Lord, help us to be people who seek to bring freedom. Lord, that we would take up the, the, the call of Jesus on his life, but the same call on Paul's life to go and to set people free. That we would be going boldly into the world, into dark places, not afraid of evil, not afraid of Satan, not afraid of the demonic, not afraid of sickness, but be able to step out with boldness, knowing that we are bringing with us the light. And that you dwell within us and you give us power. You give us authority. Lord, help us to be people who are fighting this battle with you. Wake us up. Open up our eyes. Reveal the battle that we, you want us to be a part of today. And that give us the courage to step in. No matter if we know what to do with it or not. But just to trust you. To trust that you'll give us what we need. That you'll empower us. That you'll give us the authority in the right moment at the right time. And Lord, may we receive this, this encouragement to Joshua as an encouragement from you to us today. Starting in Joshua 1 verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may uh, have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For when you will make your way prosperous, then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In Jesus' name, amen and hallelujah. If you need prayer this morning, please come forward. If you want prayer this morning, please come forward. We would love to pray for you. God bless, church. Have a great day.